It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. There's a place here at the table. Your coats go by the door. You can kick your shoes off in that pile on the floor. I hope you wore elastic because your waistband's going to get tight. Take time. guys hello i'm sophie and i'm ari and you're listening to having a night the podcast dedicated to reviving the lost art of the dinner party sophie what did you eat in quarantine this week well i was actually really excited to talk to you about what i ate this week because i ate a dish that i've never had before but that is perfect for our italian themed week which we are in the middle of it's it's very exciting i have so much black eyeliner on right now i'm trying to look like sophia loren So for Mother's Day, my mom and I took a Sicilian cooking class. This woman, Ana Tascalanza, has a cooking school in Sicily. And obviously, because nobody can be there right now, they're doing these online Zoom cooking courses. And they're amazing. So we did one together. And we cooked this dish called Uova alla Tripa, which I thought was going to be like eggs and tripe or something, which thank Mm -hmm. God it wasn't because I'm actually weirdly not a big tripe person. But basically you make these thin crepe-like pancakes, Mm -hmm. stack them on top of one another, you cut them into strips, you toss them, and then you cover them with tomato sauce and Parmesan, and then you bake it in the oven. And it was so good. It like, and when I was picturing it before eating it, I sort of couldn't because it's, it's not like a, macaroni, right? It's not a pasta. So it's much fluffier um, and obviously eggier. It was so excellent. I highly recommend looking up um, a recipe for it and look for the one. So apparently the story behind the recipe is that people who couldn't afford meat, who couldn't afford tripe would make an imitation of this tripe dish with these pancakes so that it looks kind of like tripe. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like eggs as tripe, right? Yeah, yeah. Nice budget meal too. Perfect for Italian week. So perfect for Italian week. Oh, you know what? Maybe I'll put that recipe um, up on our website. Yeah, you should. Yeah, be a good one. Okay, what about you? Yeah, so in my Italian week, I had... um, I didn't make it, but we had, we ordered in some eggplant parm and some chicken parm one night, which was just so gluttonous and fantastic just to have my giant kind of bowl plate, like a yin yang eggplant one side, (laughs) chicken one side, and just go to town. It was great. So good. Very homey. Was this eggplant parm, was there a spaghetti component or no? Nope. Okay. Cause I, I, yeah, I like it separate from, but I feel like it's very American, you know, to have like an eggplant parm sub, which like, right. don't get me wrong, is fucking delicious. Yeah. <laughs> no, this was Italian. like, yeah, like an eggplant lasagna basically, but the eggplant had been breaded and fried and then so much mozzarella on top. The best. Love I must that. say, I think the eggplant parm to me is better than the chicken parm. Or it, me too. it was this week. 
I have had also eggplant parm, which almost is sort of like similar to the recipe that I posted our first week of quarantine. Oh my God. Wow. This was like a week of quarantine, um, which was like an eggplant mozzarella, but instead of, I like sauteed the eggplant instead of dredging it in breadcrumbs and frying it. So I feel like it's kind of an, a way of making it a little bit lighter. But totally. I agree that I prefer that to the chicken because the chicken always gets like the breading is always so thick. Yeah, I don't, it's too much. Yeah, not my jam. Well, on that note, um, we have a vegetable of the month. Yes, we remembered. We Woo. have a vegetable of the month. What is it? Finocchio, also it's, known as a fennel. It's fennel. One of our favorites. Oh my God. I would almost venture to say it's my favorite vegetable. I might too, except for tomatoes. Yeah. Who knows? Well, I like it because you can also eat it almost like like it's an apple. Yeah. You know? It's, Ooh, it's so, so good raw. It's so good sauteed. It's so good roasted. It's so good grilled. You really can't go wrong. I've been making this fennel salad where I shave it really thinly on the mandolin with some apples and celery, walnuts, and some Ooh. parm with a really lemony dressing. It's really so good. It's so much better than you think it's going to be, but it's just so bright and you've got that anise flavor and the the tartness of the apple. It's just like the perfect side salad. Oh, that sounds amazing. I love the idea of like thinly sliced, thinly sliced apples and celery too. It's like mm-hmm. all different kinds of green, but all different kinds of crunchy green. Yes. That's the thing about fennels. It's like they don't really wilt. You know, like yeah. you can keep them in your fridge for so long, which actually that's a good grocery quarantine tip is like buy some fennel because it'll last you a while and you can cook it so many different ways. One of my favorite things is doing it braised. So like putting a mix of butter and olive oil in the pan mm. and then put you fry the fennel in that, not really fry. It's like you cut the fennel into quarters lengthwise. Mm-hmm. And then you put it in till it browns, but then you cover it with a lid. So it sort of like steam sautés. I mean, it braises basically, but it gets really caramelized and then actually really soft. So mm. good. So good. Here's another tip if you're cooking fennel and you want to do it in the oven. Um, if you blanch it first, you can quarter the bulbs. You could have the bulbs. I mean, you could probably even do one whole. The problem with doing it in the oven sometimes is that it can dry out. I think it has so yes. much flavor. It's not as watery as celery. That I mean, it's so delicious. It's packed and packed with flavor. So if you blanch it first, or even if you were to braise it first, if you want to get really fancy and then pop it in the oven to get the um, the edges crispy, it's much better. Yeah. I will say, I think it's a tough vegetable to roast compared to like a, an eggplant, a zucchini, a squash. Definitely. It's it's tough, but I I totally agree. Yeah, if you blanch it first, then right it like gets the water in there. Mm-hmm. It's ready. I mean, like a fennel gratin is so <gasps> surprising and delightful. Oh, it's so good. So Entree. good. Yeah, I think I think I'm coming around to the fact that all right, I'm making peace with the fact that fennel is my favorite vegetable. That's so exciting. I finally know. <laughs> Thank you so much. Fennel would also be a great thing to have on a antipasti platter. Which is this week's episode. It's also, I feel like, an episode on the virtues of decanting. Mm-hmm. The virtues of, like, before people are coming over or in quarantine times when you're sort of, like, exhausted and don't feel like pulling out all the stops to make a full meal. The virtues of just being like, oh, I have these things in a jar. Let me just pour them into a beautiful bowl and, like, make a delicious something. 
Yes. And letting them come to room temperature. Like I got my stuff ready for our little antipasti TV tonight. Um, when I was done with lunch, I just cut up my cheese, put out my olives. Now I can just bring it upstairs and I don't have to worry about yeah, it being cold. I'm jealous. Okay. Okay. Then we better wrap this up because I have to go do the same thing. Okay, guys. <laughs> enjoy this episode. We love you. Sophie, is there anything more exciting than walking into a party or someone's house and there's already something to eat? There's literally nothing more exciting. Not even Christmas. Not even Christmas. But it's so true. You know when you get to a person's house and you're there for a dinner party and like there's nothing out and you're like, oh boy, I don't smell aromas coming from the kitchen and I don't see a cheese platter. I'm smelling (laughs) myself getting drunk very fast. So true. So we want to talk to you guys about hors d'oeuvres. And how important some antipasti is, especially if you're new to cooking and you might be still putting your finishing touches on your dishes in the kitchen. Put some easy stuff out on a table far away from the kitchen and people will have an activity. They won't get too drunk because they have a snack and they'll just be so excited. So excited. And what's so great about antipasti hors d'oeuvre, whatever we want to call it, God, or durs, like what a hard word to say and sound spell okay. it. Can you spell it just offhand? Of course, H O R S space D apostrophe O E U V R E S. Thank you so much. I always had a feeling that I could be a great a spelling, spelling bee champion. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it. I have to look it up. What's great about it is if you don't want to do an appetizer and a main course situation, like sometimes Ari and I will just do a main course. So antipasti can just be stuff that's already out, all room temp, and all you need to do is decant it. It doesn't have to be stuff that you've cooked. It's more of like an assembly situation than a cooking situation. And let's say you're having people over at seven, you could put that stuff out at four and just forget that you even did it. And then you're like giving yourself a gift in the future. Yes, it's it's true. (laughs) All you need is like a a board that you can put cheese on and a bunch of small bowls. Yep. Okay, let's talk about our favorite things. Okay. My favorite food (laughs) in the entire world, olives. So many types of olives. Oh. Get beautiful olives. Get yourself three different kinds of olives. Oh, at least. Oh, man. A Nisoise olive, mm-hmm. Kalamata olive, Castle Veltrano olive. Castle Veltrano, very on trend. So on trend. I know. Very that good. color, so beautiful. Very buttery. And kind of metallic. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? There's something like... Yeah. I like a Moroccan oil cured, those little wrinkly black ones. God, I love, those are probably my favorite olives. Yeah, you can get them kind of, sometimes they have them kind of spicy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or you could even spice them up yourself. So sometimes, like sometimes if I want to really judge something, I'll get like a bunch of, you know, an olive mix, like greens and blacks together. Mm -hmm. And then I'll put in like a bunch of lemon peel, Uh like lemon rind and stuff to just kind of like make them look prettier and people kind of, you know, freak out about that. For sure. Maybe even like crushed garlic. You like just take a clove and like really, really crush it. Yeah. In there. Yeah. yeah. Also, always remember to put out a tiny bowl for pits, or else you're going to be finding pits all over the place. So true. So I feel like olive, olive bar, also like pickles. You know, who doesn't love a little mm-hmm. a gherkin? Yeah. <laughs> what are those red little sweet peppers called? Pick and I don't know what those ones are. I, I know, know exactly what, what you're talking about. But those sometimes you get a little gorgonzola. Yeah. Or cambazola. Right you just, yeah, a little stuffed pepper. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. Keith, choose things that you won't need silverware with. Finger oh, food. Yeah. So then you just put out some tiny cocktail napkins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you really don't have to get crazy with toothpicks. Like, it's fine. 
if somebody if somebody's sick, they should wash their hands before they go for the finger yeah, foods. They but should. Yeah, like just don't worry about it. Just, just have put it out be- some olives in a thing of Purell. <laughs> guys that's a joke how it goes. <laughs> um, also something that I love to do is like just get a big chunk of parmesan and then sort of take a knife and kind of like yeah. hack it yeah, into yeah, big yeah. chunks Different, very rustic very exactly. Italian very Tuscan Super. spread so yummy mm-hmm. and you can so I feel like you can just do a big platter there's like a little section for olives a little section for parm or it's whatever just a baguette that's all torn up mm-hmm. in the middle there's a Ooh, thing yeah. of olive oil yeah, I don't. I'm not a big person for crackers. I always go baguette or like really good sourdough. Mm-hmm. Let me just make a little segue to my favorite cheap antipasti versatile item Please. that you can get anywhere: ricotta. Oh yeah. If you get some good ricotta, it doesn't even have to be good because you can zhuzh it yeah. to the max. Well, that's what I did on Friday. In addition to oh, <laughs> addition to grilling cabbage. I got a bunch of ricotta and then they had smoked honey at this store. Yep. Just smoked honey, olive oil, and salt. Yes. So I think you always kind of need those three components. And people are like, wait a second, olive oil and honey? Yes. Just trust me. Sometimes I'll do really good olive oil, honey. And then if I have some really good truffle salt, Mm. which is like, I I can hear the chopped judges being like, no, too many flavors, like truffle, (laughs) truffle flavored things aren't real. It's delicious. People go crazy for it. Yeah. So talk to me about cheese. I think you don't have to put out a cheese platter, but it's just a huge world of hors d'oeuvres, antipasti. I mean, some, in some cuisines, it's clearly after the meal, but if you have a good cheese shop where you are and you've got a little cash or you can go on the cheap and get like. Just a nice cheddar, a mozzarella. I think like the general rule is if you want to do something small because you're also doing olives, pick three cheeses. Mm -hmm. You want to do a hard and sharp. You want to do a soft and mild Mm -hmm. or a soft and funky. And then you want to do a wild card like a blue or like a goat or something just really strange and, and unpronounceable. If you were me, you might do like a robiola, but Robiola's then people are going to walk into your house cheese. and think that you farted. So I actually don't think that robiola smells that bad. Oh it's my like God. Taleggio. Yeah, that's a bad one. There's a cheese called an apoise that I once bought my dad. This is insane. What, did you, I you take it, it on a plane? No, you didn't. <laughs> I took it. Well, I actually gave it to somebody else to take on a plane for him. So it was, it have been around Father's Day and for some reason, I guess I couldn't be home for it. And my mom was going, I was in Los Angeles. I went to my favorite cheese store in Los Angeles and I gave my mom this cheese to bring on the plane for my dad. And she said that people on the plane started freaking oh my out God. because it smelled so That's like a horrible prank. <laughs> but if you me, really want to get and then she got And then she got off the plane and threw it out because she was convinced that it was oh, rotten. No. I mean, I just, I can't. You know, I will say I love a funky cheese. Like, Cheese is so strange because, like, when you know that it's cheese, to me it smells oh, great. Totally. But if you don't, you don't know, it's cheese, know it's cheese, you're like, is that's it vomit? Is it, like, what's is happening? <laughs> that's, I, I have the same problem with Vietnamese sandwiches. Oh, God, I love a banh mi. Yeah, but take a banh mi on the train and <laughs> everyone will get out of your car. Yes. It might be good. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to cheese. Back to cheese. So, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I do love to see a cheese board. I'm actually not a big cheese board person because I'm a bigger cheese course person. I'm sort of more into you do a little cheese course pre-dessert. But aside from that, I think it's a great thing to do for antipasti. Yeah. Here's what I have to say. So I know that Ari agrees. 
<sighs> Guys, don't just cut into the cheese. If you're going to cut <laughs> a piece of cheese, don't leave the rind there hollowed out. It's yeah. like, come on. You have to think about you the You mean something that has like a rind, like top bottom. That's yeah. when you're really digging. Yes, exactly. But like, let's say some people don't like the rind of brie, which like, that's kind of crazy to me. Those people it's aren't like your the, friends. The, the, those not They're not your friends. friends. But like, if you're gonna, if you, even if you don't like the rind, you at least cut yourself the slice and then you can cut inside of your own slice. Obviously some cheeses, the rind is not edible, but still you should cut the slice and then cut off your own rind. Yeah. Okay. That was a public service announcement that I've just been dying to make. Just eat the rind. And if it like, if it really pains you so much to eat the rind, then discreetly throw it away. Yes. But yeah. Yeah. People or like are judging your you. Little, leave it in your little cocktail napkin or like on a little oh, cocktail God. plate. Yeah, really. It really gets my goat. And don't be afraid to funk it up. Don't. Don't know. Don't. 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 Be afraid to get funky. So I feel like a lot of what we've spoken about is if you're making some, I feel like if you're making Western food, so you have mm-hmm. cheese, like you do cured meats, olives, etc. But let's say that you're making like a big, like Bosom. Korean inspired bosom, exactly like a big pork butt mm-hmm. with Korean fixings. I mean, I also, I believe very much in going to like your local Korean market and getting a bunch of pre-made banchan. What's banchan? So banchan is like if you go to a Korean restaurant, they're all of the sides that they bring you, but that oh, are basically yeah. free. Um, so, but every Korean market basically home makes their own banchan. I just think like that's an easy, fun way to do it or make your own quick pickles at home, like do a pickled radish, pickled green beans. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to make a quick, quick pickle, it's really just like, you can do salt, uh, vinegar and water and then add some spices if you want and just sort of let them hang around for a little, yeah, let them hang around for a couple of hours and add some chili pepper if you want. Such a great, easy way to do it. Yeah. I wonder if there's, this might be crazy. Yeah. But what if you wanted to eliminate forks, but you really wanted to incorporate banchan? Mm -hmm. What if you did some kind of crazy Korean Banchan kebab. Oh, interesting. I don't know. There's something there. There's like, there. There's like some radishes, some int. There's something Oh, int. that's kind of fun. Yeah, you could do like a really long toothpick. It's like one. All different But bites. then it also becomes like so time intensive for you. <laughs> also, so, I feel like people get a little, I love all banchan, but I think that because a lot of it is fermented, the smell can be pretty strong. So a lot of people get can get turned off from it. So peep, some people, some person's like, I want the kimchi that's at the end of my stick, but I don't, you know, mm-hmm. I'm into the idea. I think a good party to f- uh, figure out who your real friends are is to just invite a bunch of people <laughs> over and serve Korean banchan to start and uh, robiola yes. cheese. <laughs> Whoever leaves the first one out the door. See who lasts. That's uh, true. Let's talk about guacamole. Let's talk about guacamole guy. Guacamole guy is. Have you ever met a man, <laughs> older brother, who comes over when you're having a party in the summer, and he brings all his supplies for making his take on guacamole? I've had some. Or he asks that, you, and he brought over mayonnaise and garlic to put in the guacamole. Garlic, I've had sometimes, um, like mango, like a. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Do not so let that person make guacamole. No. I hate. It's usually a. A man in their late 20s who's like just kind of gotten into food. Yes. And is like really good at making guac. Yeah. <laughs> guac guy, not your friend. Make my guac. Don't let him make his guac. 
Unless he's so adorable in other ways that it's forgivable. It's true. Or it's he tells not. you ahead of time what's the what the guac is going to be. Oh, oh my God. My friend, we used to, in college, we'd go to my friend's, my friend's house out on Long Island. And one of my friends was guac guy. He was also angry grill man. He was both at the Oof. same time. Dangerous he claims he was guac guy. Turned out that he was decanting guac from a plastic package. Oh I'm God. not kidding. That is a huge party foul. That shit's disgusting. It's disgusting. Fake, okay, like I will say I was so drunk the whole time. It didn't matter. But yes, it's disgusting. But like that's the kind of the avocado that they serve at like Subway. Yeah. Or like in, you know, at, even at Starbucks. It's the artist formerly not, known as avocado. It's not avocado. <laughs> what is it? I don't know, actually. That's it's just good. so many preservatives that change yeah. the flavor. Yeah. Or else it would be brown. But here's what I will say about guacamole. It's one of my favorite foods. I think it's like, it is always the perfect starter. I almost feel like no matter what you're cooking, if you have guac and chips out, people get so amped. Yes. Of course, I mean, so if you're cooking like <laughs> a really high, high intensity French meal, like maybe don't start with guac. But I feel like in general, it's just so... It's so festive. Yes. Pair it with a margarita. Oh. So good. A spicy mark. But please don't put tomatoes in your guacamole. Yep. You don't want it to get uh, watery. It'll get all watery and yeah. kind of weird and earthy tasting. All you need are avocados, obviously. Limes. I like a sweet, like a white onion, Vidalia, but Me some too. people will do a red onion. A- Cilantro. And I then have- maybe a pepper. Jalapeno. Jalapeno. Sure. Mm-hmm. For Mild, sure. medium, or spicy. Guys, thank you so much to listening. Please watch us on Chip Hour Tuesdays at 7. And by watch, I mean watch and participate. It's Tuesdays at 6. Okay, <laughs> guys, I'm wrong. I'm not even drunk yet. But wow, I can't believe it. Usually I screw it up. Tuesdays at 6 Eastern time. We love Chip Hour. Follow us on Instagram, subscribe to our channel on YouTube, check out our website, and stay in touch with us. Thank you, Colin. Thank you, Rebecca. I hope you're all doing well in quarantine, and we'll see you next week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.